Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined in the studio by the former Palace and Sheffield Wednesday frontman, Mark Bright. That's right. It was good on good form. And, uh, a good book, oh, isn't it? It's an autobiography. Very interesting. And one so. of the biggest events of the weekend to come may not even be a proper sports event, but it's going to be watched by millions, yeah, literally. Yeah, that's right. KSI versus Logan Paul 2. And we spoke with the promoter. Slightly bemused by it all, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, looking forward to it. So we had a chat with Eddie Hearn over in LA. So enjoy. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Andy. So t- let's get that story out of the way. So, I mean, to be fair to Aaron Ramsey, the ball was spinning, and if somebody had just... It would have been quite easy for the keeper to yeah, have scooped it, like it back. Yeah, it was a bit as well, wasn't it? he hadn't completely crossed the line. He didn't just... make sure. He didn't nick it. If you haven't seen it, folks, uh, yeah. Cristiano thought he'd scored. Yeah. There is a great close-up of his face. The old <laughs> ten, <laughs> he wouldn't ten, be happy. Tancredi sent this picture yeah. out of Aaron Ramsey celebrating the goal. Yeah. And Cristiano, is, he's not involved in the huddle. Well, he never He's got is, a bit of a gob on, really. The best of times. No. So anyway, th- there you were. School match, 10 years old. What happened? Yeah, Brooklyn's primary against Martin School. Are you uh, still, blimey, the fact he still remembers the game tells you something. Heavy the conditions, as yeah. they were in those days. Yeah. and uh, I think I dribbled into the area. God, Fine fantastic. shot. Yeah. Right, right foot, left, what was it? Right foot, left foot. I think it was right foot. Very right. little purchase, very little back lift. Well, I tell you, I took it early. Okay, right. So the keeper didn't have time. I might be exaggerating. Keeper this. didn't have time to set himself. Is that what it was? <laughs> that was it. That yeah. was the that was the mark of you. To be as honest, a striker, the keeper was probably only about four foot three. It was a full size goal. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it wasn't too difficult. So you've had this shot and so shot. The keeper got anything on it? No, nothing. Okay. And uh, it's going in. It's going in. And then uh, Stephen Collins, who was on my team, still friendly with him, he nipped in. And uh, he stopped the ball on the line, and oh, then he put it in. That's even worse. He stopped the ball on the line. Yeah, he was a, he was a striker though. He was selfish. And you, yeah, and you, and you've made somewhere. Cristiano has just written that down. Stop ball on line next time Ramsey has a shot. He's going to get his own back. A dish best served cold. And you've stayed idea. friends with Stephen Collins oh, all these yes, years on. You're big mates. Well, we are friends. Yeah, even they nick your goal. That's the way it goes. Okay. Know. He's done a lot of good things. Well, ask Brighty if he's ever done that. No, I don't think he would have stopped one of Wrighty's on the line, would he really, no. and tapped it in. I can't see that. No, I don't think so. And uh, a great story by Martin Ziegler in the uh, Times this morning about that uh, the referees, um, if there's if the meeting they insist on uh, the referees going to the monitors, the referees are going to have to receive monitor training. What, like a refresher course? <laughs> a refresher course. Monitor... 
Turn on monitor. Look at screen. Yeah, they That's don't have it. to turn it on. Someone else does that for them. TV. It's a bit what? like us going on a refresher course to watch Emmerdale tonight, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a bit strange. Honestly, what are you going to do? And uh, last <coughs> night again, the uh, far, and you can't get away from it. It's, it's the timings. I mean... In the Man City game, yeah. all that shamozza with Bravo. The red card Great was issued. the word shamozza on national radio. It is. I, I, got, I bothered to time this. And they, the, the red card, I don't know why <laughs> I bothered. For the second night but, running, you've been timing it. Well, because I've got a bit of an obsession about it because I knew they were going to do this. And yeah. it's pitiful. And so being, do you sit there with a stopwatch during the game and just keep clicking it? No, I go back and see where... You know, live pause. I go back and see when was the red card. The red card was at 18 minutes, 25. You, yeah. Resumption of play. 87 minutes, 05. You've got a lot That's of time it. on your hands, haven't Six you? Six minutes and 40. Mm. In the end, they added on seven minutes, which meant for the rest of the game, for all the substitutions, for the goals and everything else that happened, injuries, 20 seconds. Wow. Now, if you're Atalanta, you're thinking, hang on, we're playing... I mean, City were brilliant, the way they protected Carl Walker. Mm. But if you're Atalanta, you're thinking, hang on a minute here. We, we, we should be at least 10 minutes. It's the same the other night at Chelsea. It's not good enough. It, yeah. it will hasten the need for, you know, as Danny Kelly we were saying yesterday, this idea that you have NFL-style clock and you just stop the clock, everybody can see what happens. Yeah. And that's it, and you, you play the right amount of time. Uh, have you ever been an emerging... Well, you were a keeper at times, when you weren't playing up front and uh, yeah, no, you I, played in goal, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm not of the height to do it, but I'm of the agility. Were you ever an emergency keeper like Carl Walker last night? No. No. Mm. I... I I was once and then got called in. I, a goalkeeper got injured in a game for a Sunday team I played for. And I played all right for about mm. 10 minutes, made a couple of saves. And as he was still injured, the following week, the the manager said, were you playing goal next week? And I've been <laughs> a bit you cocky. Say no? Well, no, I did. I said, well, I, you know, I take one for the team. All right, probably yeah. better than I am outfield, which isn't very good. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll play. I'll play in goal. Yeah. And uh, little I did I know, it was against the best team in the league uh, and about seven of uh, our school football team and good mates of mine were playing in that match. Uh, and they were much, much better than yeah. us. And, and what was uh, the final score then? This is a childhood... Tr- it was 13-1, Andy. Oh, dear. <laughs> in 13 goals, not to go into school on you the see, Monday. these days you'd have got a medal along with the winning team for playing well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we took some 13s and some 11s. We yeah. took some right hammer. We didn't take a lot of 13s. They were far and away oh, the no. best we, team. This we, was like playing we, against City. We were the smallest school in the or district. Or Liverpool, of course. We were the smallest school in the district, and we took this as a secondary school. And we took a lot of hammerings. But I found it to be quite... You know, character forming. Really? <laughs> That's why I am the man I am today. Okay. <laughs> Not really. And uh, I'm very well, much quite, quite for... bitter and twisted <laughs> very and scarred. So. Exactly. Can't yeah. take defeat. And uh, looking at, uh, I'm very much looking forward to the 350 at Market Raisin well, today. Aren't we all? It's the Needwood Service Station Handicap Hurdle. Oh, the winner classic. gets a bunch of cheap flowers. It's yeah. really nice. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. Isn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> and a free bottle of water when they buy the Telegraph. <laughs> Uh, or was it the other way around? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Have you seen Victoria Beckham? I haven't. No, she's coming in. No? Uh, she, the son had a nice story about her Christmas gift guide uh, oh. being far too posh. Well, obviously, you know, her market is... You know, it's not being pound land, is she? Not really, no. Her mm. T-shirt at 95 quid and all that. But I like her latest look. It's basically the Harry Hill look. It's the big collar look. Yeah, big collar and... Yeah, it's, it's good. Okay. And talking of fashion, I mean, talking of terrible fashion, this is... <laughs> Gucci have brought out... This is for men. Mm. It's a kind of loose 
floral dungaree in yeah. a sort of soft fabric. And it's at a very price at a very reasonable 1350 quid if you wanted to make yourself look like Jeffrey from Rainbow. How many apparently. people at TalkSport could carry off, carry off a loose floral dungaree? Moose? No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, you'd end up looking like somebody <laughs> one of the cast from Rainbow. Big Alan. Oh, yeah, Alan. Maybe we should uh, mock up, maybe the social media gang could mock up uh, the Big Alan in the... Um, Laura could probably carry it off. Oh, Laura. probably carry off most things, well, let's be honest. Um, Jim, I do a bit of a style council. I think he could, he could carry that good, off. Yeah. But um, people, certainly the Moose, certainly Alan, and certainly us too. Although, Andy, I, I can see you in, in that outfit. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Talks me and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. We are joined in the studio now by former Palace and Wednesday frontman uh, Mark Bright, who's written his uh, autobiography, uh, My Story from Foster Care to Football. Brighty, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Mm. Can I just say, mm. what about these studios? You, you like them? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the view, I mean, everything's plush. Yeah. I can remember. What a shame we, it isn't television. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember when we um, when you had studios just off Oxford Street, round the back there. There was yeah. a small entrance, and I was filling in. Can't remember who was doing drive at the time in the summer. And Alvin Martin, I was presenting. Alvin Martin was my guest, and we didn't have a call for an hour. Oh really? We had to reminisce. <laughs> reminisce. Well, that would be difficult for the two of you. Well, you've reminisced in your autobiography, and as we said, the kind of the, the subhead of this from foster care to football it tells a kind of side of your life that I'm sure a lot of people didn't know yeah, that. A lot of people that, said that to me. Yeah, a lot of kids, a lot yeah. of people won't realise that you were in foster care for kind of well, really all of your all of your youth, really yeah. up until eighteen. Yeah, and, and it was something I never really spoke about. Um, it wasn't a secret. It was just something that nobody picked up on during my career. And people have known me for a long time. Obviously, the last couple of days have been doing sort of like the rounds, you know, doing breakfast TV, etc. And people um, have listened to me and just said, I never knew you were in care. I never mm. knew your backstory. And, and so I just thought the time was right to, to, to get it out there and, and say something. And part of the reason was obviously my son's growing up and I don't think I've really sat and explained or talked to him. I think he'd probably fall asleep. Um, <laughs> How old is he now? 19. 19. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he's got a copy, whether he reads it or not, I don't know. Um, mm. You know, my sister's brother. And also just several people I've played against, dying young, you know, Cyril Regis, Hugo Ekiog, um, Jelly Samuel, Dylan Atkinson, just to name just a few, just off the top of my head, who've died young and too early. And I just thought, right, you know, is the time right? So, yeah, I've got together with, you know, an old friend, somebody who's known me for a, for a long time since I joined Palace, Kevin Brennan, and he's ghostwritten it for me. I think mm. I think he's done an amazing job, really, because <laughs> it's not easy telling this, this story, throwing things at him, texting him at night, you know, what's happening and everything. I've just remembered this and sending loads of pictures and, you yeah. know, and then getting my social, getting my, my all my sort of, like, documents Writing, going to the social services and, and asking for them, you know, the Freedom of Information Act, you're allowed to get them. And uh, my brother and me got our records and started to read through them, and it's quite harrowing. You're a late chance, sorry, Paul, but that was yeah. through a chance meeting with Neil Morrissey, wasn't it? Yes. So um, Neil Morrissey obviously was in the same uh, children's home in Stoke on Trent, and he, he's, he's, I'm coming out of the toilets at Wembley, and he's going in, mm. and um, he just said to me, like, obviously, there's people around, Brighty, and obviously, I know who he is. I've never met him. I said, Oh, mate, how are you doing? He said, you're the reason I support Port, uh, Crystal Palace. You, you were righty. And he said, stay there. I was in the same children's home as you. I want to talk to you about... And I'd like, he and go you, goose wow. pimply. Yeah. I know. And, and he came out and he just, 
we exchanged numbers and we're quite close, we're quite good friends now. And obviously, he comes to Palace Games and, and he, he did a documentary. And in the documentary, he kind of traced people who were in the children's home at the same time to see where they're at. You know, he had a theory that people were driven, you know, from our background where we had nothing and, and which we know is, you know, out to me. If everyone was in care, was driven and successful, then, you know. <laughs> will be full of them but yeah. you know it, so so anyway he he inspired me to, to when I saw the documentary to get my records and then to read about myself and then to obviously there was a time the time was right to put put all everything down in process and and write a book mm. the, the the interesting the, your relationship with your brother Phil does yes. remind me an awful lot of the relationship that John and Justin had that uh, fashion that you were kind of <clears> there you were there together. for each other you were a support for each yeah. other you were kind of your chummers rocks and that, that must have helped you through because you stayed massively, together in foster care massively you? yeah um you know just one year apart but you know a bit older a bit wiser and stuck up for me you know got in fights for me um supported me more ways than one financially when i didn't have the money you know when he would pay the bills we were sharing a flat together um just massively massively important in my life you know and i explained that why and my son's middle name is philip after my brother because you know i thought he deserves some acknowledgement but if you know most people if, you, if you've got kids yourselves you know what you like with them you know you'll do anything for them you'll take them everywhere and you you, you know if they want to play football you go out and play football with them like I had nobody to do that with me so he was kind of my support network so when things were going quite bad we know I didn't get you know picked up by Port Vale they released me and everything he, he, he still he said you can still do this you can do it you know he was a bit, he was very inspiring, you know, and I'd go, I'd play in Port Vale Reserves in the Central League Wednesday evening and there'd be like one person standing in front, behind the dugouts up against the barrier yeah. at Port Vale, my brother just there supporting me. My sister came along as well a few times. But yeah, when, when, the, when I doubted myself, he was there to reassure me, you can do it, you can do it. So, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you turn pro, or I remember driving home from Leicester and um, I stopped at a phone box <laughs> and I got out and I rang him and I said I've, si I've signed for Leicester I've signed a deal you know and I, I said I've, I've gone from like £90 a week to £300 a week mm. and I thought that was it jackpot wow this is <laughs> big time I can get a car you know all the things I've been wanting to do and, and like yeah I suppose we're crying on the phone because mm. you know he's, he's so pleased for me but there's lots of ups and downs in everyone's careers and lives so yeah. I think it's I think the balance is right. There's a there's part of the book. It's career part of his life, real life. Yeah, you were you were unfortunate in the way that it all started, but fortunate to find very loving foster parents. You were loved. It's pretty clear mm -hmm. by yes. the relationship you've had with with the, the kind yeah, of key foster parents. Yeah, yes, so my, that, that must have made a difference. So th three sets of, of foster parents. First of all, obviously, the, the, the one what, what triggered it was there was um there was a moment where our mum had had us, my my sister Marie, Philip, my brother, and myself. She said to my dad, "I've got to go to a wedding." Can I drop the kids off and I'll collect them tomorrow? She never came back on the Sunday. He walked us over to her house and there was a note on the door. It said, I've had enough. It's your turn. You have them. And um, we we know that because it's 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 in all our, it's in our from the social services, it's in our uh, papers. It's right. it's all there in black and white. So um, he then couldn't, obviously the social services take you. Take, come and take it so they find out eventually mm. we end up back in the children's home my sister ends up back with us she, she then goes back to our mum and my brother and me stay in care so our real grandma fosters us to try and obviously ease the family back together hopefully because we live close by that doesn't work we're not there very long we we move and we go to uh, the second foster home which is Nana Parton 
which is in Stanfields, just behind Port Vale's ground. And that part, I think that part, you know, seeing the floodlights and being close to the stadium, that kind of triggers me to, this is what I want to do, mm. that's where I want to play. Mm. Um, and then we have five years with Nana Parton and we get, she gets a bit too old for us. Her daughters have grown up and got married and they moved out, so now she's on her own, so she can't really fend, for, fend well, she can't cope with us. And then she she calls the social services, they take us kind of in and then take us to a new foster parent saying that Nana Parton needs a bit of a rest, you know, she'll be okay, and when she gets better yeah. she can go back. And then we end up at the Davises in Kidsgrove and Stoke-on-Trent and um, totally new area, new schools. And that's we stayed with the Davises for over mm. 10 years. So that's... That, that brought its issues as well. You write about that, the fact that uh, it wasn't a particularly multicultural school and uh, you and you and Phil yeah. stood out and you, you, got a, you got a bit of stick for that. We time, did, yeah. You? And we're talking a long time ago, so you have to you know remember this. You yeah. know, like seven, 70, what, late 60s? Yeah. Late 60s. So we, we, we've gone to the school and we're coming home and um, there's a little alleyway I mean I can picture it now you have to go down the alleyway to the lollipop lady across the road and then we're on the estate and and um, the kids from the school were waiting for us with the sticks and bricks and my brother said hold my hand and run and you know my grand told me about it later on you know how she marched up the lollipop lady saw something told my grand she came up to the school which we were terrified you know we thought we're in trouble now if you come up to the school Marched in to see the headmaster. The headmaster sat us on the stage, like at assembly. My grandma's sitting there and he said, right, things are going on at this school, not acceptable. These two children are not getting treated like they should do. Everyone gets treated the same as their school. It stops today. And my grand told me that story later on. And um, she said it, it stopped, but I can rem- I can kind of remember the harrowing run down the road. Wow. Um, yeah, but, you know, what what, bro- what broke the ice for me, really, I think, was football. Mm. Because if you know you're good at sport, when it comes to playtime, they pick two teams and everybody wants you on their team. You can mm. play. And it breaks down barriers, and it has done all my life as, as well. Because, you know, from being at school, playing school football, other kids' brothers watching the game and that threatening you, shouting, you know, the racial thing. It was just so commonplace mm. to walk down the street, someone shout across the road to you because there was very few kids of colour, very few people of colour. Adults, are you say, yeah, even yeah, adults would do it I to know. kids. Yeah, just they'll spit towards you or, you know. It was just, I suppose you do, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's racism in its purest form, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you yeah, just, you know, you, they're not used to see it. And if you do see it, you just want to say something. Why, why are you doing that? Go back to your own country, all that sort of thing. It was just commonplace. We got used to it. Got used to playing football as well. Growing up in the under, under 16s, under 18s, under, you know, reserve football. When I went to Leake Town, same thing. You know, you travel around the, 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 the North uh, North Counties League. Same thing. Racial abuse and all that sort of... Your own place, say, take no notice, take no notice, take no notice. And then there was a change. Mm. You know, the change came and it's a, you know, we know it's a social issue as well. And uh, things got a lot better. And then, you know, when I started to do the book, we covered the racial side quite early and we submitted. And then towards the end, they said, right, can Mark look at the racial side again because we think it's outdated. Mm. Because I said... It's better now. The players can take to the field. It's only the colour shirt that counts. They don't have people on the terrace doing monkey chants and putting their hands under their armpits. That's what we had right in me and Andy Gray and yeah. Salako and that. That's what we used to get. And you kind of shrug your shoulders and just say, right, well, let's batter these today. Let's score. Let's win. And that's how you fought it. But And then what happened is the, the, this this whole thing crept back behind behind an avatar and we don't know who they are. And you shamed one it, bloke though, didn't you? Yes, yeah, he sent a, a, t- a tweet to me late, 
And um, it was when Twitter first started. Mm. And it was like, started off, you mahogany, such and such, because of your ancestors sleeping with monkeys, that's why there's AIDS. And he tagged his mate in. And, and I kind of saved it to a Word document, and I thought, I'll save it. Years later, I think it was maybe two or three years later, I think Stan Collymore pressed charges on a kid from Newcastle and I think he got a two-year probation, something like that. <clears throat> I searched for the document, I found it, and I sent a message to him on Twitter. I said, what do you think I should do with that tweet you sent me three years ago? I've mm. saved it. Obviously, panicked, deleted his account, um, but also on his bio was like um, a link to his Facebook page, which then gave a picture of his message, the kids, where he worked. Wow. And um, I could I could say where it is now, but I won't. But, you know, I just approached the Sheffield Star and just the, the newspaper said, what would you do if I gave you this information? They would go and interview him. And I thought it might ruin him, it might ruin his life, ruin his, get sacked. So he, he deleted everything, apologised. I was drunk, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I just left it there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Good afternoon, Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. And uh, I feel kind of slightly shamed today, Andy, because I, I'm getting changed for this, doing. I? I bought yeah. my suit with me. You're wearing your suit today, and it just looks like you're, you're just a bit slicker than I, me. Everybody who comes feel, in, they I think... I feel a bit overdressed. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what to do, yeah, to do <laughs> the job. Uh, that's right. Off to the uh, Bobby Moore fun I coins. I feel like the wartime BBC presenter Al Liddell used to wear a... 
din- dinner suit to nice, read the news. Yeah, nice contemporary reference. Maybe we should have <laughs> Alva Liddell Day, shouldn't we? We should have a day when we all turn up in the full Harry Gibbs. Every presenter's got to turn up, even Alan in the morning. Imagine Alan putting on his bow tie at about half five in the morning. Now, what a battle that would be between man and tie. Well, Jeff Thompson's, that top button. <laughs> Jeff Thompson's dude we were talking about the other day, that is a, a Harry Gibbs full dinner suit. So I might come in, I might wear that. Wear the, the full day. Harry Gibbs with a bow tie. Yeah, nice, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, watching the football last night, I noticed uh, for Madrid, Rodrigo, what a tremendous player. I know, a hat-trick. Hat-trick at 18. Mm. I was thinking, it's definitely one to watch. I'm sure Tim Vickery must have seen him at the World Under Nines in Bolivia. <laughs> <laughs> they were um, they were good goals as well. Did you see the yeah, goals? Yeah, yes I did. Yeah. Took them very, very well. We didn't really talk about the football last night, did we? I mean, no, uh, it was very un-Atletico. I mean, if, if Atletico were a cricket team, you'd think it was shady. I mean, they had an own goal, mm. an effort against the post from would have been an own goal and a really iffy thing. It was a really unathletic performance. Very strange. Yeah, lost two one on the night, didn't they? Mm. Um, the mighty Spurs got a, a a fine victory. It was a, yeah. a bit of a weird performance. One of the great. There's, there's, there is a Twitter feed at the moment that shows a kind of. I'll paraphrase it for this time of day. I think it's kind of called poor eighties or poor nineties football, and it just shows mm. very iffy kind of pub football goal mouth scrambles. Yeah, and you'd probably say that the Celso's goal was one of those, wasn't it? It was sensational, and uh, yeah. I thought I thought the VAR was going to take ages to sort it out but there actually was nothing wrong with it it just looked no. like there had to be something wrong with it but there wasn't well they checked a couple of the goals and, and once you'd seen them uh, on replay and even in real mm. time you thought well that's not offside why are they even checking this there's nothing wrong with it but still mm. uh, the referee they feel they should have to do it every time I rather like the cut of Lo Celso's jib he's good yeah he I think good. He's, he's, he's starting to get games he's starting yeah. to get a rhythm his, his corners were, were markedly better than what we're generally used yeah, to he's a nice strikes the ball well in the first in man Dombele is uh, very progressive player yeah. as well he's, I, I was thinking about this I mean Spurs you know it's far too early in the season there's plenty of time for them mm. to recover the season especially they do a bit of housekeeping in January I want to see them play like that on Saturday I'm sure Sheffield United fans don't but I think the, the key a is much, three or four much tougher think, game yeah, than Red Star absolutely Belgrade, home yeah. or away. the guys were saying last night in the BT studio and they were absolutely right you know you you, you can't really tell whether this is a proper recovery and, and a bit of a springboard and, until they've played another three or four games and, and shown that but hmm. um, I think what's been difficult for Ndombele and I was chatting to someone about this earlier on actually with Spurs connections um, that they're kind of expected if you go into the Liverpool team if you're in Dombele you're La Celso and you go into the Liverpool team mm. which is pretty settled and playing well it's mm. much much easier Naby Keita's found it very difficult yeah. I'm not sure that's true I think I mean, it is easier to come, it's quite difficult well, to it's hit the ground running it's always easier to play in a successful team yeah. but on the other hand it, I think it's just difficult to get used to the Premier League it's yeah. a different type of football it's very physical yeah uh, the, 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 the intensity of it mm. catches a lot of them out and I think they are they are openly saying that but yeah some good signs um, and Cities uh, was just mad wasn't it with the sendings mm. off it was quite difficult to tell really and the uh, uh, and Carl Walker oh, going in penalty oh my goodness that's one of the worst misses I've seen for a long time it was almost worth getting Ben Littleton on it was so bad <laughs> <laughs> such a there terrible was, penalty Harry Kane went in goal once years ago in a, in a Europa League game in a very similar free kick and I'm sure mm. Carl Walker would have taken to social media today to remind Harry of this mm. um, let one in went through his legs in very similar fashion to the one that Carl Walker left out John uh, Terry kept out, yeah. John Terry of course played against Reading in the uh, the game that Peter Cech got injured he got right. injured Kudicini came on he got injured and then John Terry had to go and go for How the long last did he, 
What's the longest an emergency keeper has played? That's one for Opta, is it? I don't know. Maybe the listeners know. But asking the right bloke. Yeah, that's true. But the longest an emergency keepers, because often it's it's normally about sort of twenty twenty five minutes tops, isn't it? But it's Mm. not often. uh, You're gonna have to go out and play about eighty minutes. That would be incredibly unlucky. City be able to keep the ball for that long there. I think Uh, they probably could. The uh, very interesting essay, the Duke of Kent in the Court Circular. He uh, visited uh, St Joseph's School, an infant school, and uh, I think to commemorate the school's fiftieth anniversary. But from his point of view, he was just scouting for next year's junior Wimbledon. Yeah, that's yeah. Could said, well any, be. Anybody any good at tennis? He said. I think you're absolutely right. And would you regard um, competitive Elvising as a sport? No, probably not. I feel this lad's been a bit unlucky actually. Yeah, Simon Goldsmith, forty-eight. Uh, he's a postman, and he's been banned from his local Elvis lookalike mm. contest because they feel that he doesn't uh, treat the king with the gravitas. Uh, he deserves. Uh, they, his act is too uh, slapstick. <laughs> the organiser said, "Our competition is not a comedy show." You think? Well, steady on, mate. It's not high art either. It's just an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, but I mean, if, if you're an Elvis fan, you have you know you, you do is, take it very seriously. That's Absolutely. a bit harsh, isn't it? A photo of him there. I mean, he's got the plastic flowers on for Elvis in Hawaii. That does look a bit poor. Really, he does but... do. Um, they said he's a bit low budget. And uh, you got him forty eight. I've got him forty six. Uh, it depends on the paper. They're claiming uh, he's claiming he's the eighth best Elvis yeah. tribute act. That could be in Suffolk, or it could be in Cop Dock in Suffolk, in his street. Yeah, or in his street. But one of his acts is Zombie Elvis. So I don't know what Zombie Elvis is, but yeah. that doesn't sound like he's treating it with a gravitas. Not really. I do like. Uh, I always like it when the head. Headline explains well. No, when they explain the headline in a piece of uh, tabloid feature, and this is to do with Chris Kamara, who was on with Alan this morning. His yeah. new album, and the headline is "Sky Guy's Target is Just Unbelievable," and we all know why they put that. And yeah. uh, uh, one of the bookies said, "We're not expecting an unbelievable album from Cammy," and then it said, uh, "Chris, known for his catchphrase, it's unbelievable." Said, yeah, it's all right. We get the idea. For goodness' sake, you don't need to explain it. Okay, don't get upset about it, Andy. He's really not that big a deal. No. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I don't know. There could be. We're going on to page three? No. I'll tell you what. Not the son, of course. I'll tell you he's a very lucky boy, and I hadn't read this. This is Shakib, the uh, Bangladeshi player, fine cricketer. He's been banned, hasn't he? He's got got a 12-month ban. Michael Atherton writing about it in the Times this morning. Boy, he was lucky to get a year's ban. Have you seen these messages? No. Um, The messages from the bookies were damning, says Michael. Do we work in this or... I wait till the IPL. Anything in this series, brother? I mean, seriously. That's, well, they're being said to says, him. He, yes, but he says uh, they do suggest familiarity with the, you know, yeah. between them. And it's a, quite a worrying thing, that, because this bloke's a really top cricketer earning plenty of money in the IPL and other franchises around the world. You know, it's, it's, he didn't do anything wrong, but it's still not good and I think he's lucky just to get a year's ban and the players are told aren't they the players are told as soon Mm. as they're approached they've got to report it you know no excuses really so uh, yeah silly boy and I didn't realise that uh, Matt Parkinson who's just been capped for England in the T20 he's got a twin brother who plays cricket I was reading John Etheridge this morning and they're the first twins to dismiss each other in a first-class match. Oh, really? Yeah, Matt got his brother out and his brother got Matt out. So cool. that thing, of, I suppose it's like, the it's not quite the same, of course, but, you know... No, you it's not spe- the same as boxing. No, you speak to the Klitschko's <laughs> or you speak to Tyson Fury or Huey Fury. And it's they, more like the Williams sisters, really. They wouldn't fight each other, but no. uh, you'll you, 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 you bowl your brother out or yeah. vice versa, won't you? Oh, no, you would, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Why not? Okay. See, oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, what, did I see what? Police are to be given meditation lessons, apparently. Oh, okay. I read this somewhere. Where is it? That's, oh, yes, to help deal with stress. Well, fair enough, really. All 200,000 UK coppers will be given time to practice mindfulness. So I can't, next time you ring the cop shop, person going, um, yeah, that seems unlikely. Just having, just having a moment before I charge you. 24 hours in police custody, 23 hours, 20, yeah, and uh, you've just got seconds left. I just need just need a little time out before we process you. Um, yeah, we're getting a few of these. Um, longest periods uh, in goal. Uh, in the Scottish Cup final 2000, Jim Layton's last game. Uh, he was injured in the first couple of minutes, broke a cheekbone, had to go off after a Rod Wallace challenge. Forward Robbie Winters took over in goal, Rangers won 4 0, says Kenny. Chris Waddle went in goal at half time, Leeds versus Newcastle, 83. Um, yes, yeah, so there's plenty of examples. I'm just mm. trying to think what's the longest period. That was quite a long one, of course, in the Scottish Cup final. Uh, a whole game in goal, David Webb played. Boxing Day 1971, wow. uh, we're told by New Frontiers on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, when the two first choices were injured, and the third choice, Steve Sherwood, couldn't get down from his Yorkshire home because of the because <laughs> of the weather conditions, <laughs> oh, well, no doubt, enough, yeah. uh, on Boxing Day. Mm. Uh, too big a Christmas day. So a, a whole game for a defender, that is, that is pushing it, isn't it? Wow, is. okay. Thanks for all of those. Thanks for filling us in on that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Paul Hawksby, uh, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, uh, Saturday night and a Sunday morning over in uh, LA, mm. uh, we have KSI versus uh, Logan Paul 2. Their first fight was uh, six round, it ended in a draw. And uh, they've uh, they've upped the ante a bit. I think they've they've worked a whole lot harder than they did last time. Uh, and th- this looks to be a very different fight. Uh, I go old school, fifteen rounds. <laughs> the trash talk makes Derek Chisora look like Giles Brandreth. I've never <laughs> heard anything like it. It's unbelievable. Eddie Hearn joins us now, the promoter. Hi, Eddie. Morning. Yeah, they're not they're not the greatest of uh, pals. These two that that's fairly <laughs> clear. I, I I don't sense it's sort of that side of it's particularly manufactured. No, and they're not the greatest of fighters either, to be honest with you. That's quite a bizarre event. It's, um, the first one was at Manchester Arena. I mean, these two guys are the biggest, two biggest YouTubers in the world. Good athletes, different world, you know, different audience. And they asked me to get involved in the first fight at Manchester Arena. And I said, no chance. Two YouTubers, don't be ridiculous. Where is it? Manchester Arena, don't be ridiculous. That's 20,000. You know, who's broadcasting it? Oh, it's on pay-per-view. Don't be ridiculous. No one will watch. A 20,000 sell-out later, 1.4 million pay-per-view buyers and a really good fire. I was kicking myself and said, I'm definitely doing a rematch. So here we are in Los Angeles. And, uh, it is a new world and complete madness. The numbers are through the absolute roof. And this time I've said to them, look, if you want to do it properly, you've got to be licensed. You've got to have no head guards. 10-ounce gloves, and you've got to do it for real. And that's what they're doing this time with World Championship Boxing on the undercard as well. So it's kind of a bit of an experiment for us this weekend, but we're seeing the numbers already. It's, it's huge. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I, 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 I can't stand another draw. I think we need a winner this time, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. I mean, both guys have sort of knocked themselves away for three or four months. One side brought in Jeff Mayweather and the Mayweather boxing team. The other side brought in Shannon Briggs, world heavyweight champion. And they've taken it you know, almost religiously, um, their preparation. And they're in great shape. I mean, you know, they're not never going to be Hagler Hearns, but you've got two guys who are probably 
two of the biggest characters and well-known personalities worldwide. And, you know, they're, they're here to win. And, and for them, it's all about bragging rights. Now, these are guys who live on social media. The loser, their, their, their career will probably be destroyed and they'll be a walking meme forever. So there's a, lot to, uh, there's a lot to play for for those guys. And there's a real buzz worldwide around the fight because this is just a new world, to be honest with you. Mm. Who do you think had the best of the first fight? I'm looking at a bit of it now. I mean, they do look like boxers. No, they can fight. I mean, that's one one of the reasons I'm doing the rematch because it wasn't, you know, it's a decent sport. Nathan Paul is a really good athlete. Like, he's a former wrestler and he came out like a train in the first fight. Two rounds, he just, you know, he smashed KSI everywhere and then he ran out of steam. And then KSI come back probably a little bit unlucky not to win the fight. But from there, you know, they've both been working on you know, improving their skills. and But this time, I don't think they quite realise yet that no head guards and 10-ounce gloves, you can't take the kind of shots that they took in the first fight. So I'm almost certain this fight will end in, in a knockout or stoppage. I can't see it going at the full distance. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders is uh, on the undercard. I mean, how does he feel about it as a, as a seasoned professional fighter? Does it bother him? Yeah, there's, there's, been, there's been a lot of talk about it, you know, from fight fans saying, oh, you know, you're right that Billy and even Devin Haney as well, I mean, two of the best fighters in the world on the undercard. And I said, of course, you know, you're going to have 15,000, 16,000 people at the Staples Centre. You're going to have a huge global audience. And we're going to try and piggyback off the back of that audience to increase the profile of Billy Joe Saunders and Devin Haney. Now, this is Billy Joe Saunders' first fight in America, and if it was him on his own, you know, you might have a hundredth of the audience that you're going to get for this fight. So he understands it, he gets it. It's a really important fight for him because his first defense of his world super middleweight title, Canelo and his team have earmarked Billy Joe as a definite candidate for the Cinco de Mayo date. So he, he needs to look good. He needs to make a statement on his U.S. debut. And, um, you know, he's in good form, taking on unbeaten... Uh, Marcelo Casero is going to be a tough fight, but I believe Billy Joe is a top pound-for-pound fighter, and I really believe he's going to get that Canelo fight in 2020. Mm. Uh, just moving on to one of your uh, future promotions, uh, we've seen pictures today of uh, Anthony Joshua, and uh, and uh, he's looking in good shape. Yeah, looking very Certainly good Certainly from what everybody's been saying, inspiring, he's, he's, he's in great shape. Uh, and, but so is... Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr., who's kind of obviously yeah. it's changed completely. Like he's changed. taking it a bit Holding up a pair of his old shorts. It's like that, may not, be a good, that may not be a good thing, though. Sometimes these yeah. boxers are better. Well, it's, it's a strange time to change. You know, I mean, it's a guy who's boxed all his life in Andy Ruiz. And, you know, it's a dangerous move to start taking weight off, in my opinion. I love it. I hope he loses another two stones. <laughs> but, um, Josh is very focused. I mean, look, it all comes down to the night. You know, this time. Anthony will be 100% ready for Andy Ruiz, but he's still got to execute the game plan and win the fight. It's one month today, you know, and um, it's just the biggest fight of the year. It's one of the biggest fights of our generation in terms of heavyweight fights and heavyweight rematches. We're so desperate to see Anthony become a two-time heavyweight world champion. Andy Ruiz looks good. He's going to be confident. Um, And, you know, like I said, AJ's been preparing so hard. You know, he wants to win so badly. And um, everyone's going to be watching it. It's a real 50-50 fight. Two great fighters. Anything can happen. And, and that's what we love about the sport. OK. Whatever happens to you tubing, though, if it gets to KSI Logan Paul 3, we won't see uh, um, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury on the undercard, will we? 
No, no, you won't. But what you will, what Chad's done is I can't tell you the amount of calls I had from people asking me to promote a fight with them and from outside the boxing world this week. So I want to officially let everybody know this is more than likely a one-off. So after Saturday, we revert to type and we stick to the, uh, you know, the, the true code. Okay, all the best, Eddie. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Eddie Hearn there over in LA. That's a pay-per-view uh, Saturday and Sunday morning on uh, Sky, of course. It's incredible. The figures are amazing. The video yeah. on YouTube, 20 million views. Just I under know. 20 million. It's incredible. But it did feel last time, that idea of people pay for the fight and they watch the fight, uh, as they did on YouTube last time, and, and it's a draw. You think, yeah, you know, you, you can mm. you can do that once. Neither of them want to lose, but somebody, somebody no, uh, has got is, to this lose. This is more serious. This is, you know, no head guards is a big difference. Yeah. So, yeah be anyway. It's sort of interesting, I think. Uh, Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. It's, uh, Eddie uh, seems a bit bemused by it all, doesn't he? I think, no. we, but it's interesting. He's of a generous. I think there's a dollar to be made there. <laughs> well, as he said, when the moment he, he was very upfront about it, the moment when he saw the business it did, his, yeah. his ears pricked up. So uh, anyway, one off he says, but you know, probably cut to Wembley uh, in about six months' time when they got uh, <laughs> fifteen thousand in there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's uh, best bits. We return tomorrow. Another busy show. Uh, tomorrow I'll have the clips of the week and a whole lot more besides so uh, in the meantime we'll catch up with you then you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.